Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. And thank you for staying tuned in to Rosie on the House, where we continue our ongoing efforts this morning to become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. We do that by answering questions you might have about your house, home, castle, or cabin. Jen, uh, great job on that interview about women in construction last hour. Thank you. I thought it was kind of inspiring. You know, each of the ladies uh, that we interviewed, they each had a different track. They have each have different skills, but it all ties back into construction. And with the shortage of workers in every every way in every area, I just thought it would be a great way to maybe try to fill in some of those spots, open somebody's eyes to the fact, hey, I'm a woman, but I still may be able to find something I really am good at and enjoy in the construction industry. If If you're looking to pursue a new career, uh, consider construction. It's, it's now called building sciences. Uh, it's, it's so much more than what it was when I entered the market back in the 70s, where it's just pouring concrete, pounding nails, and hanging sheetrock. Now it's the, the technology of the materials and how we're putting these units together. It really is building science. And so if you'd love, I mean, I've worked with some of the greatest people on the planet global entertainers, uh, professional athletes, uh, Fortune 100 CEOs, COOs, founders of companies that have been taken public. I would have never met any of these people had it not been for just a little old remodeling company. Well, and uh, for Sephora and Rochelle, you could just see the light in their eyes when they talked about how good it feels to complete a job to someone's satisfaction and that they are so satisfied with what you've, what you've done for them. Well, women in construction, it's a, it's, there, there's a big place for any of you that might be considering. As a matter of fact, I don't know any Rosie on the House certified partner um, that isn't hiring right now. And the Arizona Paint Company in particular right now has it plastered everywhere. I mean, if you all want to get into the industry and the world of of painting. Arizona Paint Company is right there. Lots of people coming into Arizona, still one of the fastest growing markets in all of the country. Uh, we've, Jennifer and I have just recently in the last couple of weeks had some exposure to other real estate markets. Um, we have uh, family members moving here, this area, from overseas. And they contacted their realtor that had put them in a house 20 years ago here. And the realtor sent them a notice and said, well, your timing is pretty good. Just in the last couple months in Maricopa County, the housing inventory for single family homes, the inventory has gone from 3,000 to over 13,500. Wow. So the, the, the market has cooled quite a bit. You you cannot say it's a buyer's market by any stretch of the imagination, but it's cooled. When interest rates double, and they have in the last 12 months from 3% to 6%, it's a natural result of slowing things down. Now, well, I really want that family member to come here, so I don't want you to show them this article by Arizona Big Media, that <laughs> Phoenix is the number one in the nation for highest inflation. Did you know that? 
I was I I think I did bounce across that one more time. And you know the irony of that article, or the irony of how they calculate inflation. Do you know two things that aren't included in that number? No, but you knew. Groceries and gasoline. So when you hear these inflation numbers, just know that every number you're hearing doesn't include the spike in prices for groceries and gasoline. Those are two places that hurt the most. <laughs> and, that, and that's been the way the government has figured inflation for years and years and decades. They just figured gasoline and groceries were too volatile a commodity to peg to an inflation index. Hmm. So when you hear 11, 12, 13% inflation, just know that excludes the extra money you're paying for gasoline and groceries. Now, we have, I was talking about our family experience in real estate right now, uh, the one family moving back here from overseas. Unfortunately, we also have a family member moving to another part of the country. Um, and it's, the job, the opportunity, presented itself, they took it, and they're moving to Chicago area. And all they did was reach out to a realtor about what might be available, and they were hit with 67 homes available, like, in, in just hours. It just, it's just an indication of what's going on in different places of America, that's for sure. Phoenix is now the second fastest-growing city. In America, we held the first for quite a while. Do you know what's funny about that? No matter who you visit with and where they're from, everybody claims that their town is growing the most. Have you noticed that? <laughs> everybody in Texas and Louisiana feels like, hey. Well, they're right. all they're they're all in the top. I mean, I mean, Austin is one of the yeah. fastest growing. That's for sure. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to, to to bring up was in all of that. I don't want anybody to panic. Um, I'm already seeing headlines using the R word, um, and 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 bull market and recession. Just nobody panic. All right, we're in good we're in good places here. We're in much better place than we were back in 07, 08, and nine for sure. The values are good. The demand in Arizona is still very, very high. And be thankful that we do hit 110 and 115 degrees in the middle of summer. Because, folks, if we didn't, there'd be 20 million people here. <laughs> True story. <laughs> it took me years to appreciate the heat. That's what it took, huh? The, the searing heat of the Arizona summers. But if it weren't for that, we'd be border-to-border -border people. That's for sure. So the great state of Arizona. In all of this newcomers arriving, one of the things that those newcomers need to know about is, hey, we're just on the threshold of our annual monsoon. And you'll hear it called monsoon season. And it's going to be June, July, August, generally speaking. And it's where we will get a fourth to a half of all the rain that we get all year long. Here are some things you newcomers need to know. There could be, very possibly, completely uh, horizontal rain events. Um, but that's probably going to be preceded by a horizontal dust storm, 
We have dust that'll blow in, hopefully. We may get a few dry monsoon events where it's nothing more than just dust. And folks, those are horrible. They really are. I mean, it's just nothing but a cloud of dust and it settles and it's here for two or three days. It's horrible. But then once the rain starts and we start seeing that and up on the Mogollon Rim, it's much more reliable and you can count on it virtually four days out of the week. Down here, we hope to get one or two a week. But in that, one of the things I would encourage you to do in my landscaping at my house, I watch the monsoon activity because prior to monsoon, we're at our highest, hottest, driest time of the year. And the plants are being stressed. And so we're pouring a little extra water on everything right up until the monsoon comes. Well, you don't want that Palo Verde tree, that myrtle tree, that ficus tree, that mesquite tree out in your front yard to be sitting in a mound of wet mud when that first monsoon hits. It's much more likely to topple over in that moist soil. So when I start seeing the clouds that I saw this week, kind of out in the south, in the southwest valley, kind of, you know, it kind of perks you up. Oh, it is going to get here. We are going to have it this year. I turn my water down on all the big trees so those roots can kind of start drying out. That base can act like a better foundation, a better footing, a better anchor for that root ball once that horizontal 40, 50, 60, 70 mile an hour winds. And uh, my microburst could take it above that. And that's not unusual in the monsoon. So be ready for it. And in that same thought line, if you have very large trees, it's really wise to have arborists take a look at it because they, if they're not trimmed correctly, they can work like an umbrella and just be swept up <laughs> out of the soil. So you want to make sure that they're trimmed correctly. And that, that's a big job if you have big trees. Like to, what we like to do is get inside the canopy of the tree and thin it out a little bit so that that canopy doesn't create this giant sail that catches all the wind, but it actually opens it up so the breeze can blow through the tree rather than catch it, lift it, topple it into your neighbor's yard or the street or over the top of your house. You know, so, one more thing about if you're new to the valley and you've never seen one of these dust storms, and if you're driving in one, it's highly recommended that you pull off the road safely, pull far off the road, and turn your lights off. It's counterintuitive. If you leave your lights on, people are going to line up right behind you thinking you're leading the way. So Take, pull way over, turn your lights off. Take Just wait it out. off the brake. Yeah, that too. Take, take yeah. <laughs> your foot off the brake. You don't want your brake lights being the only thing someone can see. They'll say, oh, I'm just going to follow that car right there. But uh, they don't know until it's too late that your car's not moving. So be safe. Um, be prepared. And uh, know this is a very necessary uh, season for Arizona. Like I say, we're going to get a quarter to as much as one half of all the rain we get all year long here in the next 60 days, if we're lucky, right? Last year, we had record, the most rain ever in Pima County down in Tucson, 13 inches in one monsoon season. That was awesome. And man, it showed last fall and spring with the blooming desert and the grass fields around Sonoida in that area. So welcome to Arizona, all you newcomers. If you're not a newcomer, 
but your neighbor is, make sure they know about Rosie on the House. We'll be right back. Text me, send an email, link me up, give me a call. And welcome back to Rosie on the House. We appreciate y'all staying tuned. Give us the opportunity to help you learn something about living here in Arizona, in and about your house, home, castle, or cabin, wherever it may be. We get questions constantly. Yes, we are available to answer your questions. You can call us on Saturdays, 888-767-4348. You can text us at... 411923. Yeah, 411923. You can email us at info at com, and we always are willing to try to help you with any questions you have. And so. I would just ask if y'all have those questions, please do it during the broadcast, during the week. Believe it or not, we're, we're actually running a, a, a company. <laughs> we handle the questions all week long, but it may take us a day or two to get back to you. You, you ring us on the air and boom. We're right there. And, you know, people are really intrigued by those questions. It really helps them on their, with theirs. If somebody calls and asks about toilet, how many toilet questions do we get? Like, <laughs> a lot. So, yeah. so anyway, I have a couple here more, from me for the week. More than I like. That's <laughs> from the sure. week. Even at church on Sunday, they, they tap you on the back of the show. Hey, Rosie, my toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you see I'm trying to focus here? Well, what, okay. what, have, what have you got here, I darling? have two for you here this morning. So, is the only risk of carbon monoxide poisoning in the home when the gas furnace is in use? Or, are there other risks in the home that we need to monitor with an alarm? And what else generates carbon monoxide? It's kind of a loaded three-part question. Well, anything with a flame is going to create carbon monoxide. So, if you've got a natural gas furnace, there's a pretty good chance you've got a natural gas water heater. You may have a gas cooktop, gas logs, or fire starter in the fireplace. Any place there's going to be combustion of an open flame is conditions conducive for carbon monoxide production. So you would want carbon monoxide testers located appropriately. And by code, they're, they're actually asking you to put one outside every single bedroom. I would put one anywhere near a natural gas uh, appliance, and uh, but no, the furnace is not the only place it can it can be created. All right, number two. Yeah. At night. You gonna stump me on this one? No, I don't think so. This, okay. this is this is an easy one for you. Oh, is uh, it? But there may be more than one person with this question. So, how do you stop noise from being conveyed from one bedroom to another? So apparently, their house is thin walled, and they're wanting to beef up this the sound barrier between bedrooms. Soundproofing, when I was talking earlier about how building sciences are what we're involved in now, not just building trades, soundproofing is one of those examples. I would have answered that question 25 years ago. Well, just blow some cellulose into the top of each cell cavity. But sound waves move through the air at one frequency. Then when they hit the sheetrock surface, they change frequency. And when they change frequency, they lose intensity. But just going through two sheets of sheetrock, one on each side of the wall, and whatever insulation you pile into that three and a half inches, and depending on what kind of noise you're trying to I mean, if your little brother is a drummer and he's in the next bedroom drumming at night, you're never going to stop that. But if you're trying to uh, diminish maybe his PlayStation noise or something like that. You've got to look at every single opening that's on that wall. 
and we're going to need to get in there at the electrical box, and we're going to need to caulk in between the electrical box and the drywall. Leave no open passages on both sides of the wall. You're going to probably, I would say, take off the baseboard because the drywall is up off the floor a good half to three quarters of an inch, and you're going to need to seal that up and then put the baseboard back. I would tell you now... I would call a foam injection company. I would not blow cellulose in that right now. I would inject a non-expanding foam. Don't go buy expanding foam at the store and shoot it back in there behind your wall. It'll expand to the point. It'll blow, the, it'll blow your sheetrock off the stud. So don't do that. It's a very refined, special foam. But I would foam inject the space, the empty cavities. I would caulk every single opening and if that didn't do it i'd decide which room could sacrifice another couple inches and then i would mount ai board or sound board on the one side and then i would hang another sheet of sheetrock over the top of that so now you're asking that acoustic wave to pass through the first layer of sheetrock three and a half inches of solid foam another half inch of sheetrock, another half inch of soundboard, and another half inch of drywall. And if you've stopped the sound wave, and, the, and, and, and a good acoustic caulk will catch the wave and keep it from moving through the little openings in the wall, with all those things in place, that's about as good as you're going to get for just list not hearing your brother or your sister's TV or computer in the room next door. But like I say, I mean, if you've got an Alice Cooper in training and he's in there with his guitar or, you know, or a drum set, you you aren't going to be able to solve it with just that. We're talking about layers and layers of protection that would have to be brought in at that point. So I hope, dear listener, what's his name? Sam. Sam, I hope that buys you a good night's rest. It's uh, not expensive. None of what I talked about is expensive. Uh, but it will quiet down. And I would tell you that I would not, if I were going to do a bedroom, uh, I wouldn't do just the wall between you and the other bedroom. I'd do the wall between you and the hall. And I'd also consider doing the laundry room all the same way so that when you close the door of the laundry room, no one's listening. That washer and dryer is spinning, spinning, spinning. So there you go. Have a good night's rest. weeks ago, we talked about all kinds of documents that uh, anybody would need during their lifetime and beyond. And I know it was an overwhelming topic. We created an article. You can find it at rosieonthehouse.com. Just put in documents in that little search engine, and you'll be able to pull that up, and you'll have that list, and you can kind of work your way through it. But in my research, I found a wonderful website called mydirectives.com, and I have with us Maria D. Moen. Good morning, Maria. Good morning. How are you? Good. Maria is the Senior Vice President of Innovation and External Affairs, parent company for My Directives. And Maria, I just wanted you to share your expertise, explain what all is available on this wonderful website. You know, it's a difficult topic. Nobody really wants to sit down and, and think about, well, you know, what would I want to have happen in those singular moments in our lives? And, and what if I can't talk? to the doctors who are treating me and and how can I be sure 
that who I am as a person is going to be honored and, and reflected in the treatments that I receive. So my directives were on the web. What do I want to have happen at some future medical event where, where I can't tell the doctor myself? That's called advanced care planning. And we enable people like you and me to document those things that are important to us in those very important moments. And we also allow providers to, you know, meet with their patients and document those things that are important can help to guide the medical care and treatment that we receive. So sometimes it's really hard to know where to start. And so when I found this, I decided I would go ahead and just make a little portal. And I couldn't believe how easy it was for one thing. Some of the documents are kind of like hard and fast. You just sign here. But when it comes to a living will, that's a big deal. And I don't even know the questions to ask. But what impressed me was how well the questions are formed on here and how it helped me label my directives to, to name them. Right. There are state forms. Do you want CPR? Don't you want CPR? There are moments, days and weeks before and after a health crisis that you still may not be in good shape to tell your medical team what's important to you. And so our platform asks, what is what do you define as as a as a good quality of life? You know, what are the things that are important to you that doctors need to know? Yeah, we worked really hard to take such a hard topic. What's meaningful to you? What's important to you? What do you want your medical team to know? And it is a gift, you know, to get this done now while you can, showing your family that you were thinking about them before there was any kind of a need. If you were to go on to mydirectives.com, you can upload documents there. You can fill out this living will, your contacts, insurance in there. And then what's really cool is you can share that. So I can give that portal to my husband or to my daughter or to my uh, caregivers. We launched this platform in 2012. We have users in all 50 states in 58 countries, including the United States. But one of the neatest things that our platform does is it allows you to print wallet cards. Our wallet card has a QR code, and you carry it anywhere you go. Get a wallet card, just the size of your license, and on there's that QR code. So let's say you're not able to talk, they pull out your wallet, there's a QR code, and then it opens you up into this whole portal with all this information, your insurance, your contacts, everything. So the QR code, I think that's one of the greatest benefits. One of the things you asked me is, you know, who should have one? My 18-year-old son, before he went out of state to college, You're going to create yourself an account, and at the very least, you're going to designate someone to speak for you if you can't speak for yourself. You have a mountain biking accident because you're goofing around with your frat buddies. That's a great idea. I need them to call me, and it's free. All right. It is is free. free. And we are high trust certified, which is the highest level of security compliance that exists. That's really important because that's some really detailed information we're putting up on that portal. Hey, thanks again. That's Maria D. Moen of MyDirectives.com. Well, I hope someone will take that to heart. I'm kind of on a mission to get people to engage in this, and MyDirective.com is really a great way to get going. And continuing with our homeowner education, what's our blog this week? Warranties, right? Well, the blog has to do with warranties, which coincidentally ties in to the most asked question on our website of the week. Oh, yeah? So let me start with the most asked question because I'm going to change what I've said for the last 30 years. 
uh, ongoing Romero. education of Rosie Romero. Okay. All right. We're asked this week, should I buy the extended warranty on my new air conditioner? Okay. Leading up into the summer, I actually know a couple people who had their air conditioners die, and they're having to face this reality, getting the new unit mounted. And they go to the website, and we have that question posted. Extended warranties for new AC units, are they really necessary? And for the last 25 years, I've been saying no. But I want you all to know this about Rosie Romero. I don't buy an extended warranty on anything. One exception to that is I bought an extended warranty for one of our F-250 pickup trucks because you were going to be using it to drive building materials up to our place in the White Mountains. That was the only time I ever bought extended warranty because I knew you'd be on the road a lot by yourself. And it paid off, actually. (laughs) Yeah. So as it relates to Eric, so I'm not an extended warranty guy, but in this case, now, with the new reality, should I buy the extended warranty on my new air conditioning unit? Generally speaking, what you're going to find, when that new unit's installed, most the major brand manufacturers are going to warranty the parts for 10 years, okay? But they only warranty the labor to replace any of those parts for two years. So you're running the last eight years of your parts warranty bare of any labor coverage, okay? Well, given where labor has gone. If you buy those extended warranties, I would encourage you to buy it from the manufacturer direct. Now, I know some manufacturers go third party, and if it's a manufacturer certified third party, I'd be okay with that. I'm leery about buying offhand third party extended warranties. I want it from the manufacturer if possible, or a certified manufacturer, a third party. Say sweet Jennifer needs a, a new four ton unit on her house. You know, you're you're gonna spend twelve to fifteen thousand dollars getting that installed, maybe even more than that, because uh, I know how particular you are. Um, for that warranty, well you picked me. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's pretty particular right there. Uh, the uh, the warranty for that unit to extend the labor another eight years is going to be under $1,000, okay? And you only need to have one coil leak, a coil repair, even if the parts are covered. You could easily be looking at a repair bill of $1,500, So that's how I'm changing my recommendation as it pertains to air condition warranties. If you can extend your labor warranty for eight more years for $1,000 or less, I think I would probably do that. I would probably do that. They're not making units the way they used to, unfortunately. And I'm going to say that's an industry-wide situation. Uh, The supply chain dilemmas they've all been suffering and struggling through the last several years hasn't helped. And the chances that you would probably use that extended warranty is pretty high. Now, we're talking about floor covering a lot this month. And I don't think a lot of people have a good understanding of warranties on floor covering. Well, I think it's called read the fine print. It's it's called like really read the fine print. I mean, I, I had been in the remodeling business for 30 years when our carpet contractor 
brought it to my attention. Rosie, do you know your carpet warranty is void? They want you to vacuum your carpet once a day. Seriously. Once a, and in high traffic areas like the hall to the bedrooms, twice a day. And then they want you to professionally clean the carpet by a certified carpet cleaner who holds certain certifications twice a year. And you need to save those receipts if you're going to ever have a warranty claim on the carpet should it start curling, buckling, or coming apart. Just in carpet, those are the kind of the small print things you need to know about. Carpet isn't near as popular as it used to be. <laughs> it is. It truly is a filthy floor covering. Uh, uh, okay. the, the thought of carpet <laughs> in a bathroom, like, just, oh, my goodness. Ah! But vinyl plank is like the number one product going down on floors today. And the list of offenses <laughs> uh, that void the warranty is extensive. That goes from the very beginning. That goes from oh. before you lay it down, the foundation, how you have it prepared, and then getting it down, and then how you use it afterwards. So there's a lot to it. Oh. I recommend reading that article if you're thinking about flooring. It'd be really a shame to be getting ready for flooring and put it in and then something not be right and you're It depends luck. on the type of concrete that was poured at your house, if it's post-tension or not. Uh, it the, the vinyl plank warranty will be void if you're more than an eighth or three-sixteenths of an inch out of plumb every 10 feet. I don't know very many home floors that are that level. And then in post-tension, it'll never be that level. On post-tension, you've got little waves in the concrete. All that has to be leveled out before you apply this stuff. And then most people want to make the floor fit really, really tight. So they put it right. You can't even have the baseboard touching. You have to have the baseboard sitting above the vinyl plank, not touching it so the vinyl can grow can and float. Yeah. yeah, so it all floats. So we've talked flooring all month long here at Rosie on the House. If you're contemplating, if we got you interested in replacing or updating your flooring material to whatever it is, take a good hard look at the warranty and make sure you order a little bit more than you need for the job you want done so you can always have that little attic stash or garage stash for any repairs that might be necessary in the future. That's the rosy tip of the week right there. And welcome back to Rosie on the House, where we're wrapping up today's broadcast, where we've tried hard to become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. And one of the ways we try and become every homeowner's best friend is buy your love. Give away, <laughs> give away free things. <laughs> uh, where, where Jennifer, you? what have you got in the free basket today? Well, we have a pair of tickets to see Diamondbacks versus the Padres on Tuesday at 6.40 in the evening. I have two tickets. Uh, let's see. If you would like a chance to win, then text the word rattlesnake to 411-923, and we'll choose out of the people who spell it correctly. How's that? <laughs> All right. Very good. You'll be notified. 
yet this morning if you're the winner or not and then we'll issue you instructions and the yeah. protocol on how to round those tickets yeah, up. Yeah, they're digital, so it's we'll all on us, the internet we'll machine. Done. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Hey, what did we learn today? We had a lot Whew, we covered a lot, didn't we? Man, we packed it in well you packed it in today for well, sure. Well starting at eight o'clock, Romy spoke with uh Greg Peterson at the Urban Farm, and they talked with Brad Lancaster in Tucson about all the ways that you can harvest rainwater. It's just fascinating. And it, it's more than just taking it off the roof and putting it in a canister and soaring it in a big bin. It's literally just redirecting the surface drainage that's already on the ground and putting it where you want. Yeah. I, I thought that was a great hour. It was. It really was. And then 9 o'clock, we had a chance to speak with Susan Krieger, Sephora Onye and Rochelle Horn about women in construction and encourage anybody, any woman who's interested in that field to reach out to their national uh, NAWIC, which is National Association of Women in Construction. We have a chapter in Phoenix and in Tucson. Great way to get connected and find out if that's for you. And at 10 o'clock, we all learned Rosie can change his mind. I was blown away. <laughs> I think we have to work on editing that article up a little bit, right? Oh, man. When it comes to extended warranties on air conditioning units, we've had uh, standard practice at Roselle now's uh, standing encouragement, don't buy extended warranties on anything, uh, in particular uh, air conditioners, but that's changed. Given a lot of reasons, what they're, you, you will get on a new air conditioning unit from the major manufacturers, a 10-year warranty on parts, but only two years on labor. And you can extend that labor warranty out to a full 10 years, generally speaking, for as little as 600 as much as 900 or $1,000. And I'm changing my mind. I'm saying with the expense of air conditioning equipment right now, you ought to be able to get a good 15 years out of your equipment but the chances of you needing a significant repair in the first 10 years of owning it are high enough that I would say go ahead, buy the extended labor warranty if it's provided by the manufacturer or a third party certified by the manufacturer. Be careful. There's a lot of bad extended warranties out there. That won't that aren't worth the weight. They're not worth the paper they're printed on when it's time for you to need them. So there you go. So Rosie can change his mind. Well, that's amazing. Now another way we try and become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. I, I talked about giving things away for free. So we're going like to buy some more love here. I want to buy some more love. All right. One of the things we've been doing for it's going on about 10 years right now, is the Arizona Staycation. At rosieonthehouse.com, our website, you can register. Every month, we pick a name and we empty the basket. Every month, you can apply to win an Arizona Staycation. Where is the next winner going to go? Well, we have someone who just went to Jacobs Lake. Nice. And then... The next drawing will be for Hannigan's Meadow. So if you don't think 110 degrees is something you want to experience every single day, you put in when your trip to go up to Hannigan's Meadow and cool off. What a beautiful, beautiful area of the state. When we started the staycation, I said, I'm never going to send people to your some favorite of my places. <laughs> favorite places because I don't want it to get overcrowded. But Hannigan Meadow, absolutely, at about 9,000 feet on the New Mexico border. A beautiful drive getting there, whether you come down from the north or if you're really adventuresome, come up from the south. Uh, uh, that's a great drive, just don't be in a hurry. 
But the Hannigan Meadow, absolutely. Apache, Greenlee County, my favorite two counties in Arizona. Well, in that staycation, you get to pick a car from Sanderson, Ford's oh, lot. But well, there's, I, it's kind of limited right now yeah. with COVID. So but you get a car from, a nice one from Sanderson. We include a basket. And a full tank of gas. And a full tank of gas. That's a big deal now, right, Gary? A full, a full tank, tank of, gas of gas and a gas car yeah. to get and, you home. <laughs> and a nice basket. We've been lately giving nice baskets from Divine Gourmet out of Chandler. And you can, if you want to go in person, it's a great little shop to go to. They make their own homemade candies. They have um, all kinds of... Um, you know, just Arizona delights. It's just a wonderful place. Or you can go on the website and order a nice um, gift for someone. We, we have we owe a bunch of gifts for our Louisiana trip. That's where I'm going to head over. Oh to, yeah, we do to get some baskets together. But Arizona Staycation. I'm proud to say it was my idea, and it's one of the favorite things we do at uh, Rosie on the House. Folks, hope you learned something in this past this today's broadcast. Hope you will go to rosieonthehouse.com, and I hope you'll greet all the Arizona newcomers with a big, hearty hug and welcome, and make sure they, too, find out about rosieonthehouse.com, where we continue our task of becoming every Arizona homeowner's best friend. Hey. I want to earn one more love. (laughs) I have Arizona State Park passes. I have four sets of these to give away. Text your favorite, the name of your favorite Arizona State Park to 411-923 for a chance to get four, a set of four tickets to any state park, good to the end of the year, and a parking pass as well. Arizona homeowners, have a great week.